What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! The best there is, best there was, and the best there ever will be! And you know it! With a tear in my eye! The queen of the crop, acknowledge me! What's up, everybody? Episode 320 of Top Rope Nation. Ryan Drosty, Justin Joint, Jesse Velasquez. Those guys are rocking their brand new Top Rope Nation merch fresh off our Black Friday sale. Love to see it, Justin Joint. The red, white, and blue. How are you feeling? Well, I, I'm not the kind of person that likes to look overly patriotic out in public, uh, but but this thing is so freaking comfortable and, and fits just perfect. I, I can't recommend it enough. It, it, it's a thing of beauty. It looks nice and cozy. Very good. Jesse Velasquez, you're pumping the Patreon exclusive Top Rope Nation Unplugged logo. How's it going? That MTV Unplug at the bottom looks sweet. It really it does. does. I'm going to put that together. I know. I don't know. It might be the guy <laughs> to my left on the screen there. Usually I come up with something very, very sarcastic at the beginning, but I'm not going to do that because we're in between holidays right now. So I'm going to give thanks as well as count my blessings for all of you wonderful listeners out there and people who view this YouTube, as well as the people who support us in all different types of ways. And Lastly, I'm very thankful and blessed to have the two of you in my life and to pod with you on a weekly basis. Wow. Same to you, buddy. Feeling sentimental right now. Very good. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Yeah, you've been a great addition to the pod, and we're thankful for you as well, Jesse. I I would love to see some more uh, Patreons, you know, help support us, because I think next year we need to be the official sponsor of the NBA in-season tournament. Come on. Need enough money to make it the top rope nation tournament uh, for the NBA. Let's make it happen, wanna, everybody. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, you want to know something funny? I've had multiple independent wrestling federations reach out to me through the podcast email asking if we want to sponsor one of their shows. And it's like, you know, we're a pretty successful podcast. I don't have that kind of money, guys. <laughs> I, I just had one this week. Uh, I think there it was a fed in Puerto Rico reaching out to me i was like i wish it'd be cool to have our logo you know on the ring apron but i I just can't get that on the budget we need like at least three or four times as many patrons as we have right now for that (laughs) and we appreciate every one of you by the way the names are going across the bottom of the screen right now we got around 40 patrons right now and appreciate all your support did santana's people get a hold of you he's down in puerto rico right now Ah, no, maybe he, let's have him call into the pod. If he does that, then maybe I could be convinced. <laughs> He's on the very short bucket list of mine from a current perspective to get a, get for an interview, which I haven't told you guys. Yeah, that would so. be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah, we, man, we have been dropping, speaking of Patreon, so much bonus content. You guys did not hear from us properly on the main feed last week because it was Top Rope Nation Classics week, but hopefully you listened to the teaser uh, we reviewed Survivor Series 95, an awesome show. Great feedback in the Facebook group on that one. Uh, special shout out, Rick Skelton wrote a, wrote a very 
nice post that I really appreciated reading about how much he enjoyed it. And you too can listen to that and almost 50 editions of Top Rope Nation Classics on Patreon. Jesse just dropped a bonus TRN Unplugged as well. Two hours with Michael Jenkinson. A lot of that at 1998 WWF. A little bit on modern day wrestling as well. Glowing reviews of Swerve Strickland. That was a good one. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to glow about Swerve Strickland these days, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. I think we're going to be doing more of that here later in the show. So definitely going to be doing that. And uh, yeah, so I mean, look, if you don't have five bucks a month to support us on Patreon, no harm, no foul. But you can support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, that's free and helps us out a lot. Or even better, write us a written review on Apple. We haven't gotten one in a long time, long, long time. Hit us with the five stars as well. We haven't asked for that in quite some time either, so I guess not that surprising. But we'd love to see a new written review pop up. That would be great. So, guys, before we get to the topics at hand, what's in the glass, Justin Joint? What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking uh, the Watkins Spiced Orange Kentucky Bourbon. Ah, yes. I had some of that last night. Good stuff. Not too shabby. I and I am not generally a fan of like the specialty flavored stuff. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't have anything that would pair nicely with uh, a Juan Soto joining the New York Yankees. I just had to get that out there because I am buzzing, absolutely well, buzzing. It's a lot to give up for one year, isn't it? I mean, you happy I don't with that think, one? Yeah. These, you know. I would love to see the percentage of these prospects who actually end up turning out to be anything, you know, and I don't think for a second, he's just going to be there for one year. And if we win the world, I'll throw a lot of money at him. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But I'm pumped. You know, it's like, it's the only the second good off season that I think the Yankees have had since like 2009. <laughs> yeah, yep. they are. They're having a good off season. I'm, I'm still waiting on Otani. Supposedly the Cubs are still alive. They're down to like four teams. I, I'm not, I don't know if we'll get them. Supposedly they're in the conversation, but I mean, if I had to predict probably the Dodgers, unfortunately, but who knows? We'll see. I, I'm surprised the Mets aren't making a bigger run for them. They were rumored initially, and then I think they pulled out. So Blue Jays, Cubs, Dodgers, uh, Giants, and of course the Angels still trying to keep them around. So well, hopefully we're seeing I, I, I kind of wish the Mets were making a harder push for it because I really want if the Yanks can just get Yamamoto now, I I will be as happy as a clam. See, if we don't get Otani, I think the Cubs are gonna go hard after him. We'll see. Yeah. They've been linked there too. Or, you know, we'll end up getting nobody and I'll be depressed. <laughs> and then I'll have nothing to look forward to. Bears, Cubs, nothing. Well, Black Hawks, my major I mean, league baseball bad, world trying there. Yeah, Blackhawks are, I mean, they're not good, but they got a good future ahead of them. So I'm rocking the Blackhawks tonight. Jesse, what's in your glass? So much like pro wrestling and beer, especially as well, everything is subjective. So I'm going with my favorite Twin Cities brewery this evening. I'm going with a little Modest Dream Yard, IPA. Mm. It's, it's not far from Fulton, Justin. I think we've had this discussion before. So okay. you, when you get up here, go there instead of Fulton. We Sweet. actually get some of their stuff here. Uh, oh, do Happy's we? has it. Yeah, Jump they get on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite a few of their beers I've seen up there. I don't know if I've seen that one though. So. What was the name of it again? The name of the brewery? Modest M O D I S T Dreamyard on the bottom okay. there. It's an IPA. They have some really nice logos. Super sharp. 
Nice. I have one I've had on the pod before, Parish Brewing, Dr. Juice. Yeah. I know Justin's a fan of this one, just outside of New Orleans. Uh, unfortunately, no pay-per-views coming up in New Orleans for us to travel down there. They, they do have a dynamite coming up with not very many tickets sold, unfortunately. We were... Justin and I were secretly hoping that uh, Revolution would be in New Orleans, but no oh, such man. luck there. Uh, by the way, Ryan, I, don't, I can't remember if I told you, Happy's has uh, Ghost in the Machine again. It's ah, back. And the, and they same have, brewery. They have uh, Tall Boys of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. That's a good. That's another good one from this brewery. Parish yes. Brewing. So it's, check it out, you guys, if, if you are out there at your local uh, liquor store. Good stuff. All right. So we're going to start off hot here. Some hot takes. CM Punk, you guys. Uh, we haven't done a pod since Survivor Series here on the main feed. And, you know, we talked about the excitement of him coming into WWE. We talked, you know, the how it was hypocritical and everything based on what he said in the past. But we understood it, you know. And then he gave the Monday Night Raw address. And uh, he has not been on there since. If you're listening to this on Friday morning, he will be on SmackDown tonight. Uh, what is your excitement level at this point now that he's made that raw appearance, which we haven't talked about on the pod? Are you still looking forward to CM Punk's future with the WWE? Jesse, I'm going to go to you first because you had the CM Punk shirt on, you know, on the Survivor Series review, I believe. What are you feeling right now? It's about a five. I, I mean, obviously, that was one of the most hypocritical promos you're ever going to hear. I mean, you, you can't lie about that. I will say as well, it's really, really hard to pass judgment on one promo, no matter how mm-hmm. kind of a wet fart that it was. You have to let things marinate. That's the, I think that's the most important uh, thing that we're learning from this, especially in the snapshot age of social media and the overreactions just from one thing. You got to look at the, at the totality. So we'll see over the next three to six months. He did not come out with a bang like we thought that he should have. It was very corporate man punk. We can almost nickname, nickname him that now. And I think it's going to be probably more of the same on SmackDown. It was it was a very AEW light promo from his initial Rampage um, promo that he cut when he was just happy to be there. Go lucky, as MJF said, I'm going to insert name town here and all that stuff. So I think you're going to expect more of that. And hopefully it just it bleeds into character work, which is what he's always been known for. So give it a chance. But it was not a good opening uh, opening shot. So five out of 10. Okay. Justin, what about you? I, I'm still curious. I mean, cause it is CM Punk, but man, uh, just, it, it wasn't good. Although with some distance, I do think the promo was very purposeful. Like I, I think it was meant to be hypocritical and kind of void of any substance or heart. Cause I think he's going to basically be a heel, especially, you know, the rumors is he's going to be working Rollins, whether that be, you know, the Royal rumble or WrestleMania, I think he's going to lean in to his hypocrisy. And I think that's kind of the way they should go with it too. Cause uh, I, in my opinion, CM Punk's always been better as a heel anyways. Um, even worse than the punk promo though, was like, me actually spending the three hours watching that raw expecting them to, you know, with all the eyeballs they were going to have on that show because you know, Orton's return too. And, and that was just one of the, the most boring horrid three hours of wrestling I've watched all year. 
I mean, for years for that matter, it's like they had this opportunity to pull me back in. And now I have zero interest in watching, you know, anything outside of highlights. And, you know, unless I hear punk is on the screen, maybe then I will tune on. But other than that, I just, they, I think they really blew it with that show. Hard to disagree. I mean, the reviews were pretty negative on it. This week's raw had much better reviews. He wasn't even on the show, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, knowing they, they were going to do a higher viewership, which they did. And yeah, that, I mean, all around, I thought it was, it was a failure. I, I agree with you. I think he has to be a heel. I don't think that you can do this presentation with CM Punk and keep people interested. I'm still like modestly interested because I don't know where they're going. I think as a heel, like he needs to lean in and basically do like saying the things that Jericho did when he debuted in 99, you know, like how he said all that stuff in an ironic way. Like I'm here to save the WWF and ratings are down all that stuff. He needs to say all that, but like really mean it and go in on it. You know, like they were begging for me to come back here. He needs to acknowledge where he was. I, I know he's not going to say AEW, but be like, you know, I haven't actually been away from wrestling. You needed me, you know, that kind of thing. And I came back because this happy go lucky punk, happy to be here. I'm home. That just cannot possibly be where they're going. I refuse to believe that they're that stupid. It cannot be that stupid because. <laughs> How, how can that keep people interested? Yeah. I mean, the, the off mic comment that he made to the camera at the very end, you know, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. That's something a, mm -hmm. a heel would say, you know, tap into that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I then, mean, yeah, the whole, the whole promo just lacked energy. Like the thumbnail on the show says here on YouTube, it, it just totally lacked energy. He didn't really seem to be that into it. I didn't think it was, it came across pretty not lazy, but just like lackadaisical, you know, the reports were out there that they were short on time. They cut it short. I mean, it's a three hour he, show. What the fuck are they running? Long I know some for? other, some other segment went long or what some match went long. I can't remember what happened, but it's just like you wait the whole time for the show. And for that segment on the show, three hours, as you said, Justin, and that's what we get. I mean, to contrast it with, AEW. I mean, obviously, when he came back to AEW, it was so much better. The promo was way better. The crowd was much better. Uh, you know, I thought the crowd was kind of weak in Nashville, to be honest with you. I thought that was a pretty weak crowd that night. I mean, so that played into it as well. But like, you know, we got the, I'm going to just hold it up on air. We got the free candy bars or the candy bars, ice cream bars when he was in Chicago. This is from All Out, but the same thing that they gave uh, at the last dance. You know, everyone rushing for the free ice cream bars. Uh, and what he said in that promo was definitely heartfelt. Now, I'm not going to deny that, like, part of the reason he came back to AEW was to make money, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, regardless of where they're going with the story, it's hard to not, in the back of your mind with this whole thing, just be kind of like, eh, he's clearly only there to make money. <laughs> Yeah, because he has nowhere else to go. And for that reason, even with a good heel run, it's hard for me to get totally excited. You know, like I know that people who only watch WWE and maybe they never even saw CM Punk, you know, in his heyday it was a decade ago. They're like so excited. And it's like, we're not really seeing the real CM Punk at mm -hmm. this point. Are they even going to let him be the real CM Punk? Cause he's got to walk on eggshells. He has to be on his best behavior. Is he ever going to have that edge in WWE? You know, like, okay. So with AEW, 
He comes in. Yes, he wanted to make money, but I also believe part of it was he missed the business and he wanted to be creative and he loves wrestling. And with the WWE run, I don't really get that. Like because of everything he has said about WWE, he was miserable there. Even when he was working there for years, he was miserable there. He almost left multiple times. So you can't, there's just no buy-in. You can't believe anything he says, which is why I think, you know, it ha- he has to go heel. It's the only thing that makes sense to keep me even modestly interested. But I'm I'm at a five or below right now yeah. <laughs> to go on just or uh, Jesse's rankings. I mean, I might be at a, like a three right now. I I'm going to watch SmackDown. I can't say I'm particularly looking forward to it. You know, the bidding war to get Punk to sign in your brand. Obviously, he's going to be on Raw. Orton went with SmackDown. So there's not really any intrigue there. So the only intrigue for me is is the heel face dynamic. Sports books should capitalize and throw some odds out there on who he's going to get into a backstage altercation with first. <laughs> it's going to happen within I, the next year and a half. So the video on our YouTube channel that I filmed at a Collision when TK announced to the Chicago crowd, you know, that he had fired him. You should see some of the comments coming in on this. These people on here like, uh, you know, all of, you know, Vince would have never allowed to get him get away with this stuff for so long or stuff like Vince wouldn't have fired him. He would have kept him in control. I've seen um, I've seen, look, he's in WWE. Thank you, Tony. The dumbest move ever. And, and look, everything's going great. Everything's going great. He's been there less than two weeks. <laughs> I mean, everything was gro- going great in AEW for what? A year before yeah. it all went to hell. I, I mean, just wait. Just wait and see what happens. We'll I, those, see. Are the, those are the same people who were the tououting the the reimagining of Lexus King as a huge success in NXT. Oh, <laughs> that's already off the rails, just getting panned everywhere. So bad. I know. Shane97531 on YouTube shouldn't have made that comment. I mean, a <laughs> bunch of damn tribalists out there. It's just brutal. But, I mean, regardless of the material, though, wouldn't you guys agree? Like some of that's on punk. Just the delivery was not good. I mean, it was like he airballed a layup. <laughs> I mean, this was, it should have been for a guy who is ultra talented on the mic. That should have been an easy moment to shine his first promo back in WWE. And I was just like, my jaw dropped in a bad way. It's like, that was it. That's what I waited for tonight to see that. I mean, it was very disappointing hopefully hopefully he saves himself tomorrow you know but i mean just for someone who has followed his career for a long time like i know you guys have i mean almost 20 years here going back to his days in roh i just i've seen it all from punk and with this run it's hard for me to see if i don't believe in the guy and what he's doing you know, and that I believe that he is there because he wants to be, and it's not just about money. It's hard for, it's just hard for me to get excited. And it just feels like a money grab. You know, it feels like right now it's neutered CM Punk trying to make money and that's it. And for that, it's just really, really hard for me to get excited. I know Rick Skelton in the Facebook group, right for survivor series. He, he has kind of said something similar about like how he, and he's a big punk fan too. And he, he just doesn't really care because of the, the reasons I laid out. Um, I'll see where they're going. I'll let it play out, to use the cliche term. But right now, it's there's not a lot of watchability. You know, we've all talked about buying the merch. You know, we came back to AEW. Justin, we wanted to get that Ringer shirt at All Out yep. 21 so bad. And, like, 
I have zero interest in buying any of this WWE merch at all. None. <laughs> like I, I've I've looked it up, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy it. I I got the better merch in my opinion, you know. So I but I'm just not into. It. I'm just not into it. That's the problem right now. It just feels like he's been neutered. You know, he was the guy who at the tippy top walked away from WWE. You know, not many people do that, and he's the one who came back to help. You know, the rival promotion to make you know the wrestling industry healthier and better and it felt like that was actually happening and we're it was it was going in a great direction and then he you know he just can't keep himself or his emotions in check and it just came crumbling down you know just just like his body kind of crumbled away on you know numerous times and that's the other thing you got to look at as well is how long can he stay healthy. So mm-hmm. give him a part-time schedule and let him roll. And let's be real here. His 2011 pipe bomb has already come true because AEW w- was created. Cody Rhodes ran the path that he wanted to, that he uh, vocalized during that promo as well. So now it's a matter of him. He can't necessarily reinvent the wheel. This is a guy in his mid-40s who is on the very last run of his entire professional career. And you can't, yeah, you, you got to get the training wheels off of him ASAP. So again, this is the biggest let it play out in my mind in the last decade for the WWE because we all know we've been so jaded that those let it play outs obviously completely fell on their face. This one actually has a chance to be good to slightly above average, which is hopeful, I feel. And this is such a different structure as well in the WWE as opposed to what he left in 2013 and 2014. Just going back to that pipe bomb as well. So different structure, different person leading the charge as well. So we'll we'll see how he adapts the to that as well. Son-in-law is now in charge. So like, yeah, the thing about it is like, as I said earlier, for it to be good, they have to let punk be punk. And will they let him be punk? That's that's the ultimate question here on a, a company that is so like overly scripted these days and control so much of what gets on tv how much freedom will they really give him because of you know how nervous they are that something can go awry you know so if they actually let him be punk i'm sure it will be good and we'll come on here be like man that was awesome they got it back on you know the train is back on on the rails here but like I'm just not confident they will. And if you don't let Punk be Punk, that's his main draw. He's a good worker. He has great matches. I mean, like the dog collar match last year was my match of the year. But I also think it's fair to say that his mic work is really what sets him apart. He has never actually been the best worker in the world, but he's been in the conversation like all around when you include the mic work. And if you take that away from him, neutered, as Justin said, can it be a success? You know, maybe he can get over to the new generation fans who have zero knowledge of this man's career and he would have to get over in a totally new and different way with a, almost like a diff, different character. But for the the people who know his career, that those are the people who it's going to be hard to get excited about because we know everything he said in the past. We know about, you know, the real life feelings behind the scenes. We've watched this guy for two decades and so we're going to be the hardest ones for them to pull in. Um, let me ask you this question, especially Justin, because he's a fan. And I, I've seen this criticism out there. I've heard people say, how, how can you be down on punk if you accepted Bret Hart coming back to this company? 
Justin, how would you respond to that? I have an answer, but I'll, I'll let you respond first. Uh, um, hmm. Well, I guess I gotta say, I don't know because I wasn't watching then. Hmm. So like, I didn't really have any feelings on it at the moment, but also like Brett was basically coming off, coming back as for a one-off, you know, he wasn't coming mm-hmm. back to, to wrestle full time. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I wasn't a huge fan of Brett coming back to the WWE. Like it didn't make me tune in to watch it. You know, I, I didn't order WrestleMania 26. Uh, but you know, he, he was, he, he, he was just on, at a different stage of his career. I mean, his career was basically over at that point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what kind of excitement that could have garnered anyways, but, uh, I would love to hear your response because, uh, I know my answer was kind of shit. Well, because people hit on the hypocrisy thing, mm-hmm. you know, and Brett and everything he said, Montreal, what happened to Owen and everything. I think to me, the primary difference here is that Brett was coming back to a company that owned professional wrestling. It was the only mm-hmm. option. Not, not only that, but literally owned basically his whole career. Now for punk, that is not the case. I mean, Tony Khan owns ROH punk had multiple years of memorable stuff in ring of honor. And that footage is owned by Tony Khan. Punk was creating his own narrative in AEW and still wrestling at a high level. And that could all be added to his catalog with Brett. It was like his career was over. And if he wanted to have any say on his legacy, he had to come back. So there's that aspect of it. Vince owned everything WWF and WCW. The only thing, you know, he didn't own, I guess would have been some of the Calgary footage. Uh, overall, he owned everything. So there's that angle. Um, as you said, you know, he wasn't wrestling anymore. I think that's that's part of it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just to me, it's it also came down to Brett had the stroke. He looked at life differently. Vince reached out to him during that time when Brett didn't know if he was ever going to be able to walk again, you know, and or at least walk normally again. And Vince, you know, reached out. This is not a situation like that at all. (laughs) You know, like both sides kind of hesitantly came together. Punk has nowhere else to go. Yeah, I've said all these shitty things about you, but like I still want to work. I don't know. To me, it's not one in the same. I get that you can look at both being hypocritical for sure. This one's more hypocritical to me. I don't, again, I don't blame the guy. It's in the end, it's all about making money. My greater point on the show was just like, where's your excitement level? And it's, it's very hard for me to get into it. Justin, go ahead. I, I, I just looked it up and Brett talked about it. And he said that he felt it was something he needed to do to make peace with, you know, himself and his career, just because, you know, all he ever heard about is, is getting screwed by Vince and the Montreal screw job and, and the tragic death of his brother. So he felt it was like his only solution to kind of move on. Um, Mm-hmm. Where I, you know, I don't know if, you know, punk could make that same kind of argument unless he wanted to make peace with the, with that doctor. No, I mean, everything about this feels like WWE in this scenario is just the fallback. <laughs> it's everything about it is this is like the fallback chick for lack of a better term, you know, punk, like going to that raw taping so many months ago, just randomly showing up everything about that was like, man, I don't know if things 
things go awry here in AEW, if I go back, I want to make this option possibly available to me. It's not like he really wanted to, but he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. And he's still looking to make money. He's He was kind of painted into the corner, and luckily for him, they were willing to bring him back when they sure as hell didn't have to. So... I've said it numerous times. I, I still believe this is an NWO end of 2001, 2002 situation where they're making a crap ton of money and now you're bringing in uh, an anarchist and someone who can completely flip the Federation inside out and mm-hmm. it it didn't end well and it started to kind of collapse, not collapse because they had a monopoly already, but kind of just waning interest in the WWE. Hey, who knows? It could happen again with Punk. Unless you guys have any other thoughts on this, I think we'll go on to a different topic. Anything else? No. Okay. So let's go to, let's keep it WWE before we go AEW. Randy Orton came back the same night. You know, Punk totally overshadowed his return that night. I think it's fair to say at Survivor Series. You know, but since then, last week on SmackDown, you got Orton signing with SmackDown. And it looks like starting a, a feud with the Bloodline. You know, he went after Solo and Jimmy Uso. Paul Heyman was vo- involved on the show. And so, like, I guess he's going to go through the bloodline and probably work Roman. Excitement level on this, Jesse? Not high, because here's what's going to happen. Slow start to the match. They'll stare each other down. <laughs> Psychology is going to be there. Crowd will get invested a little bit here and there. Match is going to slowly build. 15 minutes in, Rainey's going to start to get the edge, and all of a sudden, ref bump. Oh, no, here comes the bloodline. (laughs) Oh, here comes Solo and Jimmy. Randy just starts to fight them off. Paul Heyman starts to distract him. Uh Uh-oh, Roman comes in with the spear. Oh, here comes Solo and Jimmy again. They use the chairs on him. They pick him up. Oh, spear one more time. One, two, three. Change my mind. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just... It just feels like a stopgap thing to do until they get to the Cody match at Mania. Here's a big star who hasn't been around in a while. Just another guy to put in front of Roman. You, you don't possibly believe him beating Roman for the title at this stage. So it's just kind of, it's good to see Randy, as we talked about, incredible shape. Uh, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, hard to get excited, Justin. Yeah, I mean, zero excitement. I've never been a big <laughs> Randy Orton fan to begin with. I mean, he, he's fine. Um mm-hmm. I know he's good in the ring, but to me, it just always feels like a performance and not, you know, how we like to talk about it as an actual fight. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, I was honestly, when I saw him show up at Survivor Series and him looking like he's on the gas, I was like, all right, I can get into this. This this guy is just huge. Uh, But watching that stupid raw after survivor series, I was already bored with it. There's just Mm going to be the same old tropes. And honestly, I think it's a, it's a bit of a waste of this kind of initial bump. You're going to get from the return of Randy Orton. Just if he's going to get fed to Roman reigns in like the next month. Yeah. I'm actually a lot more concerned for this the, to be the continuation of the watering down of Solo Sokoa, who was once a kind of promising figure. And now if he's just getting fed to all of Roman's opponents, like what good does that do for him in the future? It doesn't do anything. Yep. I agree. I agree. You, you know what I think is the most entertaining thing right now on WWE television? To me, uh, it's the Drew McIntyre stuff. Yeah, him going in a totally different direction. That's to me the most entertaining thing. That and you know, I actually pretty big fan of Judgment Day, Rhea in particular. But 
I think that's really good too. But yeah, I mean, and that obviously ties in here the rest of Judgment Day. But like, yeah, the Drew McIntyre switch in his character, I think, has been the most must see thing lately. So. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. I'll, I'll go one further as well. It's really hard to deny uh, Gunther's superiority. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's the one and only must-see television for me currently going in World Wrestling Entertainment. He's been the the steady yeah portion of uh, 2023. That is for sure. Fortunately, didn't lose to The Miz. Although some people were, Jesse, dead set on that one happening for some reason. Those generations are starving right now, Ryan. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, Last thing on WWE that I had here, maybe a surprising thing, maybe not. I thought this would be a fun topic to throw in. WWE no longer is going to produce any physical media. DVDs, Blu-rays, basically almost 40 years, going back to the Coliseum video days in the mid-80s, it's all no more. They, I guess, purely streaming. And digital sales from this moment on, I got a little nostalgic when I heard this. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I used to love going to the video store when wrestling DVDs finally became very accessible, whether it was a Best Buy or Sam Goody or even Walmart, you know, and getting like the newest documentary that they were putting out, the multi-disc sets, you know, before the network took off and everything. And of course, like when we were kids, the Coliseum videos We've talked about this on the pod a lot, just renting them. But like the ultimate was to actually own one. But they were so damn expensive, you know, spending 40, 50 bucks for a VHS. I, I never actually owned one ordered new. I, I got some that were sealed on eBay years later. But it's hard, like as a longtime wrestling fan to not. It, it hurts a little bit, doesn't it? Like I, you know, I'm kind of kind of getting back on board with the physical media because I've seen stuff that I like disappear from streaming and it had to like hunt down DVDs once in a while and Blu-rays to watch it. And I mean, the cynic in me is like, man, as more and more of this stuff becomes specific to certain streaming catalogs. And I'm like, I'm not going to want to subscribe to all of them. It's just better off to own it again. Right. And actually have the Blu-ray, at least for your most favorite movie. So I kind of just wish the option was out there. I, I think the last physical media that I kept buying was WrestleMania. This hasn't been for a few years, but for a while I had every WrestleMania, you know, in physical format, DVDs, well, first VHS and then DVDs. Then I started getting the Blu-rays and I would make a point every year to at least buy WrestleMania on Blu-ray. I stopped a few years ago, but I kind of wish that was still out there. So, I mean, just general thoughts on this or, or memories of buying wrestling physical media and that now not being an option. I was not a big buyer of their physical media. In fact, I think the last thing of theirs I bought was funny enough money in the bank 2011. Mm. But you know, it's, it's just, I guess in, in a way they've trained me because we are almost at a decade of uh, the WWE network. And just, I'm just so used to logging on there and, and watching the documentaries. Cause that was always my biggest interest. And those were the things like, my my golden birthday my 25th um spent mostly alone and, and i just remember going and buying the the self-destruction of ultimate warrior <laughs> and watching that and I, I think prior to money in the bank that was the last thing i bought so i, I was a big renter I, I loved renting all the wrestling stuff and that's kind of how i consumed it uh but never really purchased 
Yeah, I'm going to miss it. I'm an old head as well. I'm just curious just how many youngsters out there, and I'm sure there aren't many that watch this show that uh, have actually seen a wrestling event on a DVD or a VHS, more or less. So, And then, funny enough, the last DVD that I bought was CM Punk's Best in the World. Mm. Yeah. So, See, I just watched it over and over again on the network. That's the best thing to do now. Yeah, I'm going to completely miss it. I mean, but again, we don't really watch it. And I don't really know from a numbers perspective, like, do they, how are sales of like DVDs and Blu-rays as a whole? Well, I mean, Best Buy stopped selling them. (laughs) There you go. But then it's like, I think this will all come in cycles. Like, I think eventually, like I was getting to with the streaming stuff, people are going to go back to wanting to own stuff. We've seen this happen with vinyl. You know, recently as well, vinyl is like a totally different thing because it's bigger and the artwork and everything. But still, but still, I think at some some point, it's like you don't actually own it. You don't own it. And if they pull it, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch it, you don't actually own any of this stuff. So there is something to be said for actually owning that movie or owning that event or owning that documentary. We look, this just happened with uh, when the network vanished here in the States and they went to Peacock. And remember, we lost everything for a while, and then they were slowly re-uploading stuff. I think I went back, and I had to pull some of my DVDs to watch some stuff we were talking about on the show. Or like it was in the conversation that I was going to have to do that. And so, I mean, who knows in the future? But yeah, I'm trying. I don't know for sure what the last thing I bought was. I, I bought the best in the world set, for sure. The thing about streaming on the network that's different is you don't get all the bonus stuff. You know, you get like the main program, but there's so much more on those Blu-rays that you're that's just going to be gone. So I think there was always an advantage to, to physical media. I know I bought the Kevin Owens set a few years back, the Paul Heyman set. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's, it's been a little while, but it's just one of those things again, like from our childhood that's disappearing. So I thought it was worth talking about briefly here on the pod. And what hurts the most as well is not being able to see the original like ECW, WCW events with the mu- with the original music, yeah. like world class yeah. and AWA yeah. and all that. So we get this dubbed over garbage. It's on the net. It's on Peacock. Yeah. But I mean, I'm assuming that'd be the same that what's on the DVDs that, you know, at least what they've released in the past. Like, they're 10 released, years yeah. Or so, yeah. Some of those early ECW ones had the authentic music, but okay. yeah. All right. Let's throw it to AEW here now for the the back half of this program. Uh, Continental Classic. You know, Ooh, we, we've talked we've talked talked a lot about uh, wrestling tournaments and how, at least in North America, they never usually live up to the hype. Japan has always done a good job with them. Here in the states, there's not been that many that <laughs> have been good. You know. I got to hand it to AEW. You know, this has been a promotion very up and down this year. Mm-hmm. They've lost some star power, obviously, to our previous topic. But, dude, they are knocking it out of the park with this tournament. It has been excellent, Justin. I know you are, you've been a big fan of this. Absolutely. I mean, I already consider it, you know, a, a resounding success. If only because, I mean, for one, it, it just adds an extra little bit of something to all the matches. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to collision and dynamite way more than I had been, you know, previously for months. Uh, but also the fact that like, there are like four or five different outcomes that I wouldn't mind seeing for the finals. 
And I think that's from what they've done in these matches in, in the way it's kind of been outlined and, and outlined and built uh, just the way they've managed all the wrestlers, I, th- I think has been fantastic. And now, you know, I know a lot of people complained about uh, like Jay lethal being on there, maybe some head scratching about Daniel Garcia and, and Mark Briscoe, but in, in this kind of tournament, you need these kind of guys to take the losses, you know, in, in order to build up other people and other stories. So like I, that never really bothered me that, that much because it did have enough star power to, to send a message to everybody that they were taking this seriously And every match feels like they're taking it seriously. And the best part of all has been the pre and especially the post-match interviews. Those have just been unbelievably good. In fact, the only thing I would fault the C2 for is that they're not airing more of these on actual TV. Mm-hmm. There are quite a few pros in this whole thing, and there are a couple of cons not named Tony in this scenario as well. So, yeah, you you pretty much hit all all the pros that I was going to. I mean, the match quality has been top notch. I've loved the physicality on on yes. the blue side of things as well as. I mean, I think I've sort of known this, but now I'm like really sold. Like Roosh to me is incredible. And that dude needs a push. Like I'm talking after this tournament's over. Hell yeah. So yeah, I mean, just unreal stuff. Those chops are just nasty. That was my favorite match of the uh, Minneapolis show was Roosh, Mark Briscoe. Go for it, Justin. Mm. Oh, I was going to, I freaking loved that finish with Roosh and uh, Mox. I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Where like he he did go unconscious, but it was just for like a split second. I found it very believable that you know that you would just maybe pass out just long enough where your hand drops, but then you wake back up and you're you're basically better off than your opponent. I thought that was just fantastic the way they did that, and I you know I I agreed you know the the, the Briscoe match was just incredible. Briscoe you know zero and three has been kind of the low key, almost MVP of this thing. Every single one yeah. of his matches have been an absolute, absolute humper. Mm-hmm. Not arguing here. Here, here is my small con that I'm going to definitely get to is that it's been really predictable in that like Ooh, all the winners have pretty much can been called. I I've been able to call everyone except for Brody King defeating Eddie Kingston. And uh-huh. yeah. I think from, and from that Claudio? perspective, Claudio beating, no, I was gonna say Brody King beating. Claudio oh, Brody King too. beating Claudio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. So 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 Brody King winning them both. Okay. Other than that, it's been complete chalk, and I think that's kind of where I would have liked to seen a couple more stars in there. Treat this like an actual G one climax, where some of the stars actually get upset by specific people in some mm-hmm. in some fluke ways. Go ahead. But I think that's where we're heading. Just because you know, with the John Moxley promo talking about how banged up he is. Uh, you know, same with a lot of the other guys. I, I think that's what it's coming down to is these stars are starting to show the wear and tear and that in these these underdogs who are going to be playing spoilers, that's exactly where I think we're heading. Yeah. Which, I mean, which the has made it so that I, the chalk doesn't really bother me that much. The tournament just hit the halfway point too. So obviously you're going to give us a little bit of time. But again, that's my one really only negative is that it's been it's been very predictable and it's it's just kind of unfortunate, I think, for the believability moving forward of the guys we mentioned, like the Jay Lethals and the Mark Briscoes, the Daniel Garcias. It's like once they get this opportunity again, are they going to be able to beat somebody? And after this tournament, to me, the answer is no. I would agree with that. I, I think it's been pretty predictable, too. Um, and, 
I get Justin's point about having guys to take the L's. I think overall, I would have liked to have a little bit stronger roster so you can have more of the shock factor here and there and really not knowing who's going to win. Uh, when I look at the brackets, I, I basically see two ways for the Blue League to go. Uh, you know, right now, as we record, Brody King is is 2-0. and We've got Andrade 1-0, Brian 1-0, but he's going to be wrestling a bunch here over the next week. Claudio 1-1, one one, Garcia and Kingston both 0-2. So they're telling this story with like, Kingston was really doubting himself, you know, with that promo he gave, what, two weeks ago. Um, and I, I could see them going the direction of like Kingston finds himself and he goes on this run. And with it being in Long Island, he could come out on top on the blue side. I definitely could see that. The more conventional thing is Brian Danielson wins the blue side. I, I, I feel like it's going to be one of those two. Um, and I'll let you guys chime in here in a second. On the on the gold side, I mean, as much as we've raved about Swerve Strickland, I think it should be him. <laughs> um, outside of that, I mean, maybe Mox, but I feel like Mox is maybe just going to like run out of gas here a little bit. I'm really looking forward to that match next week on Dynamite. That's the other positive of this is giving you matches to look forward to. Uh, with Mox and Swerve next week, it's going to be freaking awesome. So looking forward to that. That'll give us some clues maybe is where the, the gold side is headed. Um, we've talked about like with Jay white, you know, does he need to be given some big wins and he's two and one at this point, I don't see him winning the gold side though. So like if I were to pick, I'm, I would say it's going to end up being at world's end swerve against Brian or swerve against Kingston. Uh, what do you think, Justin? Look, I love swerve, but if this is all leading to like a new title, I don't really want him involved with that. I, I want him, you know, to be zeroed in on the world championship. You know, let him let him come close on this. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate him just narrowly losing this thing to to Mox or maybe even Roosh, which is probably a little too soon for him to be winning at all. Uh, but I, I, I think I'd almost want to go like Mox and Kingston. I think is the the way that kind of the story is leading up, or maybe you go, you know, duel of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club guys of Danielson versus Moxley. Um, I just, the, I guess, my main takeaway is just I, I don't want Swerve with this new title. The flip side of that, real quick, is that if he if he isn't in that match, then do you get him a? Is there time to set something up for the pay per view that would be? something worthwhile if he's not in the finals of this because certainly you want him to have a good spot on that pay-per-view now if neither him or mox win you know t- you know speaking of how much we're looking forward to that match i mean maybe they could set something up for those two outside of the tournament um but i i gotta imagine it's gonna be one of those two on the side that'd be my only drawback but i i totally get what you're saying i'd rather he was in the world title picture totally I just don't know if it's setting up that way right now with what's going on with Joe and MJF, unfortunately. And you know, I, agree. I guess go ahead, Justin. I was the only thing I was going to say is I guess my only complaint would be that this is for a title and not for yeah. you know a shot at the world title. I agree. I agree with both of you. I think in a, in a perfect world, Swerve wouldn't win here. He'd eventually get the build up. He'd take the title of Revolution. I think just channeling my Karnak brain. 
I can actually see Swerve winning this, defeating Danielson in the final, carrying this this triple crown title for a while with the prestige, build him up longer, and then eventually he loses it. And he's like, oh, all right, I'm going to take the world title towards the tail end of 2024. And that I think that might be the way the AEW is leaning right now at this point. I think they're just going to hold off just a little bit longer. This is almost like 97 Steve Austin we're witnessing here with Swerve Strickland. At least that's kind of what I see. Mm-hmm. I love the Karnak reference, by the way. We know our audience. We know the age of our audience. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, what do you, so what do you guys think then on the opposite side? I mean, are you seeing what I'm seeing with uh, Danielson or Kingston? Like the Kingston coming from behind to get to the top kind of angle or just straightforward with Brian Danielson? I mean, certainly not Andrade with him talking about his contracts coming up and he might be going back to WWE. <laughs> yeah. That's why he wants to hit up CMLL, you know, one more time. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Keep it to what yourself. What are you doing? Yeah. Fucking, come on, Brian, find that guy. <laughs> Do you guys like the way that story, by the way, I had that on, as the talking point. We can hit, just hit this now real quick. Yes. The way some sites were like framing that story was so fucking ridiculous. So like, I don't doubt that he's involved in this, but I saw some people writing this story up. Like you would think Brian Danielson is monitoring Twitter. There is <laughs> no way this guy is monitoring Twitter. He barely touches social media. Now, someone is telling him. And then maybe he's delivering the message because he's on the committee. Yes. But Brian Daniels is not sitting back there. Oh, he's just going through his phone. He's looking for what what tweets were these people liking? What were they saying? Like, no, come on. It's Brian Danielson. He's not doing that. Laughable. Got to fire this one off. I mean, we got to give Danielson the ability to empower him to fine and suspend guys like slick 2099 jobber nation <laughs> elite rocker SOB. Alfred Kanua, as well as everybody <laughs> with the first name bunch of numbers as well. So, hey, if that works, then sign nah, me up he, for could, that. he could just he could just send Alfred like a nice vegetarian platter or something. <laughs> and he could get on his good side. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, I guess we're all kind of on the same page on that side of the bracket then. Nothing else. Yeah, I think I'll go quick. I think Eddie's going to win the next three just to continuously tell a story because you he can't lose both of those titles and make it be anticlimactic. Agree. Yeah, so right. I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with Swerve and Danielson because that's what I started with. But I would not be surprised if it was like a Moxley Kingston scenario, which would be a hell hell of a match in a feud. Swerve and Kingston as well on on the outside would be phenomenal if we can get a promo battle. I think for a couple of days. Similar mm-hmm. to like the Punk Kingston scenario at Full Gear, because that would make that that final that much more fun to me. Yeah, guys, Ric Flair's still there. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <sighs> Jesse, you're in the building for the controversial promo. Um, and then you know, Tony was asked about this, and he made a point to say like we're basically getting paid to put Ric Flair on TV with the. The energy drink and you know boy that is pretty distracting you were in the building for we don't see it as much on tv but the huge cartoon rick flair energy drink logos on both sides of the entrance way it's a bit much um thoughts guys <laughs> rick flair justin i saw you shake your head right away i, I mean I, I said it when he showed up i don't want him on my tv and then hear, hearing him using promo time to try and have sex with 18 year olds 
Get this fucking guy out of here. I mean, he, it's just, it's the same thing with Hogan, where it's like these guys that we freaking idolized as kids, you know, both possibly considered the greatest of all time. And it honestly fucking kind of hurts my heart a little bit to see these guys showing up and just destroying their legacy. I mean, and obviously they're, they're destroying it in other ways outside of the wrestling industry. But I mean, Ric Flair is just not doing himself any favors. I just wish he could be at peace with himself and his life and not need this limelight with his shitty fucking energy drink, you know, <laughs> filled with mushrooms or whatever. I, I just, I fucking hate it, man. I, I, I don't want Ric Flair around, you know. You're not getting any arguments from me. Hi, Concrete Cowboy 23. How are you doing this evening? I see you over there in the chat. Uh, yeah, it was very hideous I when I witnessed it live as well. And this is one thing as well. It's, it's not morbid, but it kind of touches upon those lines. I mean, look at the examples that we're seeing right now of people in their 70s and their 80s and what they're saying and how they're acting in the in major limelight scenarios is that they just don't have the capacity to be put in higher situations. We're not, obviously, Ric Flair is not the president of the United States, but you're, you're throwing him on national television with a live microphone and just praying he doesn't say something stupid. Good news is that you were able to edit this because it yeah. was on Rampage and was going to be shown on Friday, but like I know there were a handful of people behind me that were actually clapping when he made that line, which is absolutely cringeworthy saying 18 to 28 year old women come on over to my hotel and leave your boyfriends and husbands at home that's something you could get away with in 1983 that's something you can't get away with in 2023 it's hideous yeah i don't really have much else to add. you guys kind of hit it hit it from every angle i mean look rick flair is one of my top four favorite wrestlers of all time that will not change. He's on my Mount Rushmore. He's one of the greatest of all time. I said when he when they brought him in, it's like it's fine for me to see him on TV once in a while as long as he's not doing stuff like this. Like I wouldn't mind if he was on there once a month or something just to give him like that boost to star power. He should be taking TV time from anyone else. But it sucks for Sting now in this swan song to have this distraction going on. You know, like you would have hoped that obviously this would not happen. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't one of the people right away. who was like, get him off my TV. Like Justin was, I mean, you can go back and listen to the pod. I didn't say that. I don't mind. At least at that point, I didn't mind seeing him on TV because he's Ric Flair. I do mind him saying stuff like this in front of a live audience. I don't want that. And at this point I would have probably just cut bait no matter what money they're getting. I mean, this energy drink is not going to be around. <laughs> that long let's be honest i've never even seen it in a store personally i i made a point to look a couple of times just to see and i i've not even seen it around i think edina is gonna denounce him here in the state of minnesota at some point in time if he keeps this up god yeah, yeah the hometown boy right exactly yeah. That yeah. is full of cake eating folks as well. So I mean, that, it's not very it's wealthy very parents. Yeah, to, yeah, d denounce one of their own. Mm -hmm. He's from Edina. Uh, yes. Oh shit! I guess I didn't know that. That's where my buddy lives. I stay there ah, all the time. Lucky you. Yeah, I eat cake there all the time. <laughs> lucky you. Very prestigious <laughs> hockey program. They're absolutely fantastic. I have multiple clients from there. At, 
evidence. That's why I'm actually still up and running here with my business. So I can't say too much <laughs> derogatory about Thank you, Edina. Minnesota. Um, I'm, I am reading a really good uh, biography on Ric Flair right now that recently came out by Tim Hornbaker. It's a great read. I'm not totally done with it yet. I mean, that guy has had a very interesting life, but... That said, you can't say this kind of stuff in 2023 when you're in your mid 70s, Rick. Especially with his history. Yeah, and with his history. I mean, yeah, that's that's the greater point. Um, Justin, I mean, you said it in our Facebook group when this came up. You said something along the lines of, "You think Richard Fleer died in like 1983 (laughs) or something like that?" He cannot separate. He cannot separate himself from the character. I think that's absolutely true. Well, that's because because somebody wanted to know if you know if it was him in character or if it was you know the actual guy and it's like it doesn't matter because it's the same guy either way you know richard flair is dead and did it go ahead sorry didn't wasn't it charlotte someone said something to that effect in one of the documentaries about him (laughs) like yeah richard flair died a long time ago yeah yep I'll go with December 25th of 1982. So we actually get to witness the death of his in a, in a couple of weeks in uh, good old Dallas, Texas. Mm. By one vote, Top Rope Nation Classics this month. Uh, yeah, it was down to Vengeance 2001 and uh, World Class Star Wars 1982. And World Class One and like... Look, I was kind of pulling for Michael Jenkinson, our boy, because his nominations never have won. And he was really close this month. But at the same time, I was kind of thinking like. But we got the Von Erich movie coming out this month. I am I think it's probably going to win. And for us to have that tie in is going to work really well, too. So I, I am looking forward to that. Justin, I'm getting pretty concerned that movie's not going to play here, by the way. Wait, what? Yeah, because I don't know this this A24 that made it and its distribution. I don't know if you've looked, but on the website for A24, you can start to see times for when it comes out at the end of December. And they're doing early screenings right now, like around the country. Um, But I looked ahead and it's listed in a bunch of theaters in Iowa and not in our metro. It was playing in like Dubuque. It was playing in Iowa City. It was playing maybe in Cedar Rapids. And the other well, thing that ma- we're fucking road tripping, buddy, we're going to have to. And I was, was going to say, thing. go ahead. Maybe you have to go to Minnesota <laughs> to see. I was, Jesse. Be- I'll pay for your vacation day for that <laughs> Friday. If you want to drive up here and see the movie with me, I'm in. So like the, the other tie in here, by the way, is that a 24 also made that movie on Priscilla Presley that just came out. And you guys mm-hmm. who are listening know I do TCB cast my regular guest co-host. And it's an Elvis Presley podcast, history podcast. I just did a show this week, which dropped. Um, so check that out on TCB cast, by the way. Uh, but as part of that crew, you know, we all there's four of us that do the shows. There's the two regular hosts, Gurdeep and Justin Gosman. And then myself and Beck Wiles are like the regular guest co-hosts. And all four of us are going to convene to review that movie, which A24 made Priscilla, just like we did when the Austin Butler movie came out last year. And Priscilla has not played here. I could not believe it. And they even had a poster for it up at Crossroads, Justin, when I took my kids to see the Taylor Swift movie and they still never got it. So I started to get nervous then because it's like, oh, shit, this is the same company that's making the Von Erichs movie. Or do they have some hiccup where they can't get their films? And it is not on the schedule. We are definitely going to have to road trip. Gabe is saying it's going to be here. 
in the chat. It's not listed right now, Gabe. And Gabe, Gabe, they never got Priscilla. Information, buddy. Don't fucking he tease said. me. Super late posting in around the Marcus Theaters over there. So cross your fingers. I don't know, Gabe. I'm telling you, they never got Priscilla, and that one hits streaming next week. So <laughs> I hope you're right. But as of right now, I am I am not confident in it, unfortunately. I hope I hope they will add it at the last second, though. And hi, G fan four four four. Mike, I'm looking forward to seeing this Freebird turn at the end because this is one of the most oh, man. As, us as wrestling historians. This is one of the greatest angles in the history of professional wrestling. We get to deep dive on it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Really, really looking forward to. It. We've done wor- one world class show in the past uh, year or two ago. Thanksgiving Star Wars. That was a lot of fun. This will be number two. So, um, Gabe, man, if you want to come on, we we got to get somebody on as a guest on that one. We got to get four people on that one. Let me know, Gabe, because you grew up in Texas in the Von Erich area. So you'd be a good Ooh. guest. If you're willing to come on camera, Gabe Benson, reach yes. out. Let me know if you want to do that show with us. Gabe, but, saw the early screening. Gabe, you are a handsome fellow. There's no reason that you shouldn't want to be on camera. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's also Patreon as well, so you're not getting as many viewers as well to this, too. It's so, true. You're behind yeah. the paywall on the video feed. So uh, we'll be doing that here probably in two weeks, probably right before Christmas. Like I don't really want to mess around with it during Christmas time. So I think maybe in two weeks we'll be recording that one. We got to talk off air on that. But if you guys want access, of course, join Patreon. It's just five bucks a month. Um, and there's multiple tiers to this. We also have a $10 tier. And uh, speaking of that, the guys and I have been talking about scheduling the first TRN happy hour. That is for $10 plus tier patrons. That is one of the benefits of being on the $10 tier. And uh, basically, we're all going to hang out on Zoom, have some drinks, watch wrestling together. Um, The first TRN happy hour, we're going to be watching the May 19th, 93 edition of Monday Night Raw. It's going to be a blast. So if you're a $5 patron, you want to get on there, just up the pledge for a month. Um, and that's probably going to be within the next week and a half as well. We're working on scheduling the time. It's going to be very, very soon. I'll let you know on the Patreon page when we get that date nailed down. But the $5 tier is where you get all the bonus shows. $10 tier is to do the happy hour, to be able to nominate shows for classics and, and a few other perks. You can read about it. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. Num- number one way to support the growth of this show and and fund us and show us that you like what we're doing. It's like a tip a month, once a month. It's like you're buying us a beer, five bucks a month. We we appreciate it very much. I, I feel like us, we're very talented trio. We could challenge the acclaimed Billy Gunn for those trios championships. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. What would the TRN belts look like? They wouldn't be pink. They wouldn't have the scissors on it. Probably need like a uh, like a tulip glass on each side. You could just drink <laughs> drink from the belt or something like that. There's I could, a like, merch see idea, Ryan. Dude, I could see Justin like holding up a belt like this, and you're just like pouring the drink, and it's like a slide as the beer comes it's, down all the way. And see, you funnel this, it in. It's not a belt. It's a helmet. One of those like beer can helmets. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. That's amazing. If we have any artists out there, please draw this for us. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to just like get one of those AI uh, art programs to to make the picture. I know an artist. I just don't know how cheap she is because yeah, she's talented. Put it artist. on a t-shirt. Yes. New merch idea. There you go. 
guys, I think that's about it, isn't it, from our agenda tonight? I think we covered it with only oh, Okada. We could we could hit that real quick here. <sighs> what um, what do we want to see for Kazuchika Okada? Free agent, early 2024. I can see Justin just pining. He wants to see Okada in WWE. I can see it on your face. Ryan, that's actually the truth. Is it? Yeah. Um, wow. I, I don't even know why. I, I, I think part of the reason is because I think the, the top part of the AEW roster is plentiful with guys that, you know, I want to see become first time champions guys. I want to see be two time champions, you know, the MJFs, the hangman, the swerves, you know, I, I think we all agree that we're very likely going to see Samoa Joe very soon as world champion. Uh, it's just loaded. And I just think he would be more interesting in WWE. Not that I want a reason to, to watch that program, but, uh, I think it just might be more beneficial to the wrestling industry. Although I think ultimately he's going to stay in new Japan, in my opinion. Yeah, go ahead. One off comment, by the way, Samoa Joe has cracked my top 10 all time favorite professional wrestlers. Ooh, top 10. I've, I've been diving into him the last week and some of his work. I actually just rewatched the punk Joe match before we got on tonight from all in and oh, it's just beautiful. So Okada, that match fucking rules. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it. No, I mean, it, it's very similar to like, I'll go back to last night. I really enjoyed Adam Copeland and Christian cage and how Mm -hmm. old school psychology that was. The ending was a touch screwy and Mrs. Wayne didn't, exactly connect so she doesn't really necessarily have it going on anymore at least from that aspect <laughs> you gotta but lay that in better come on mrs wayne i yeah. i know but the no but i thought the match was great other yeah. outside of that so okada i i think he is better off staying in new japan and justin stole my thunder on all of it and i i guess i really wouldn't mind if he went to wwe for a change of scenery and maybe with Triple H at the helm, he can treat him right away when he gets to the, to the promotion in the way that he treated Nakamura in NXT. That's that's pretty much your only hope there. If, if you can give him that presentation, treat him almost like an AJ Styles when he came over as well from New Japan, and hopefully the audience is receptive of and has a little bit of knowledge of who he is, that he can get shot up the card rather quickly. I don't have faith in that, so... I'd like him to stay home in New Japan and then just do the crossover matches at Forbidden Door and then have the AW guys cross over to Wrestle Kingdom. That's I mean, kind of where I'd like him to be. Imagine New Japan losing both Will Ospreay and Okada at the opening of 2024. I mean, Jesus Christ. Not that it'd be a death blow, but my God, they would be in dire straits. And having lost Jay White earlier in 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my answer is the boring one. I think best case is him just re-signing with New Japan. Yeah. Keep him there. He still has the option to work AEW. I wouldn't mind WWE, although I would want to... I don't know if they'd be open to it. I'd like to see it as like a short-term thing. Like, I'd love to see him come out as a surprise in the Royal Rumble. I don't want to see him signing like a three-year contract with WWE, though. If If they were open to a very brief thing, 
even like six months, just get six months out of them. I think that that would be fun. I don't know that WWE would actually be open to that, though, is the problem. So I, I don't want to see him long term there. I, I wouldn't mind the novelty of seeing it, though. And the great news there as well is that he gives a different presentation from anything that the WWE has. So I I'm all for that signing if it does happen. Yeah, I, mean, I think he'll resign with New Japan, though. Justin, I think we should all be excited if he does sign with WWE for the eventual Okada, Shinsuke, and Tozawa faction that they would assume. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, they'd have to do that. We've seen plenty of evidence of that. Yeah, no. It's... Which, which supposedly, you know, Nakamura's big push this latter half of the year has been kind of a signal flare to Okada that, hey, look at the way we treat, you know, come to us. You'll, you'll be a top guy. What about all those other years? <laughs> Short memories? <laughs> I mean, come on. So he'll actually get his revenge on Bronson Reed, and then he'll lose to Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes in back-to-back fashion? Is that what's going to happen to Okada? Yep. Hmm. I think a, 2.0. Oh, no. I think there was a former member of this podcast who nicknamed him Snorsuke. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I mean, honestly, I think that I think that's what he would be. Uh, yeah, because you know, the New Japan style is a big part of o- Okada's uh, presentation, and if you strip that, you know, from him, I don't know. I, I don't know how well it would work with you know the mainstream uh, WWE audience. I know. In it, but give the wrestling audience, if you go that route, the Okada-Walter match that we all deserve oh. and let there be no chains unturned. Oh, my. Oh, my. Send it. Six yes. to midnight, buddy. Six to midnight. <laughs> yeah, I, that would be fantastic. That'd be great. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's, it's probably going to be not necessarily the boring answer, but it seems most likely he would stay put. But it's interesting to think about. We'll see. And if it hasn't been settled up by the rumble, we'll at least have that intrigue that like, have they pulled something off? Are they going to have an actual surprise here? You know, rumble season's always fun. And I know Michael Jenkinson loves Royal rumble season. So he'll be talking about it in the Facebook group. And you guys should get in the Facebook group too. If you're not already there, search top rope nation pro wrestling discussion every single day. Lots of quality posts going up. We'd love to have you involved over there. As I said, the Patreon page and, you know, free of charge, just subscribe to the YouTube channel, support us on whatever podcasting platform you use. Make sure you follow us. Leave us that five-star review. Would appreciate it a lot. Mr. Joint. Five stars. He's flashing the five stars right now. Love it. Yes, indeed. Parting comments, guys, before we take it home. Juan Soto, batting number two. (laughs) Next week, I'll be talking about Otani. <laughs> I hope so, buddy. I'll, I'll, I'll take out that belt, and I'll be, I'll be pouring some beers down one of these belts from behind me right here. I'll take out the classic IC, do a shot off of it. Oh, please, Otani, sign with Chicago. <laughs> we all have to see this. Patreon exclusive. Yes. Absolutely. 
I'll, I'll go quick. ECW 1995. I've actually dove into the first episode and a half of Hardcore TV. I am going to enjoy this entire review of ECW 1995. So that's what you have to look forward to in 2024 for all those old school heads. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun diving into that piece of history. Hell yeah. Oh. TRN Unplug. That's a Patreon exclusive podcast where you can hear that. Jesse's old pod. It still exists. It's just behind the paywall. It, All right, maybe, guys. Maybe just tease a little bit. I, I think for the first time, something I've wanted to do for about three years now on the podcast and just it's never worked out. Uh, the end of year 2023 review, whatever. I've always wanted to do a best of draft. And, and I think I've about talked the guys into it. I don't know if we're going to just do a regular snake draft or an auction. We've got some talking to do, but I, but I think that's the direction it's heading. A lot of stuff to perk your eyes and ears up for coming down the pipeline in the next few weeks. Because I think we have something fun coming next week as well. But yeah, Justin's idea is one hell of a way to tune in and take a look and see what we're, what we're throwing at you these days. Shows are booking up fast. And we might have some other stuff to do, too. There's some other things going on behind the scenes. Nothing to announce yet, but we might have some other exciting things in the works. We'll have to piece that in, too. But, yeah, I mean, the schedules, I mean, we're already getting to mid-January probably with some of this stuff. So stay tuned, you guys, wherever you're getting your podcasts. And appreciate everyone here who is uh, on the live feed tonight who watched us live. Make sure you subscribe so you can join us sometimes. a lot of fun. Love to see the chat room going. Got a little more active here towards the end, but uh, we will be back once again next week, next Thursday night. Same TRN time, same TRN channel. See, once again, we know the age of our listeners. They'll get that reference too. Guys, episode 320 of Top Rope Nation. It's been a blast. We'll see you all next week. Take care. I'm here for the money. Knuckle up, come on the world.